2: Carbon Theory is a breakthrough skincare line founded by Philip Taylor, who started crafting his product range from his kitchen sink. So keep listening to find out how this miracle acne-curing brand came to be. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's delightful to introduce you our guest for today, Philip Taylor. Forbes featured, customer-driven, and deemed the UK's most in-demand medicated skincare brand, Carbon Theory is quickly becoming a cult favorite. Founded by Philip Taylor, who, fun fact, created his first ever bar soap in his home kitchen sink, Carbon Theory is hailed for its best selling charcoal and tea tree oil breakout control cleansing bar. And one thing I really love about what Philip has created with Carbon Theory is the ethos of performance first, and their products actually work. I've tried it, and I can say that. So they use natural ingredients, listen to their consumer needs, and honestly, Everything I've heard so far, and also my personal experience trying the products about carbon theory really resonates with my own values. So, Philip, thank you so much for being with us today. A pleasure, Akash. It's wonderful to be here. So, the first question I ask all my guests is, who, in a nutshell, is Philip?
3: (laughs) Um, Who am I? Oh, wow. I guess, um, I mean, I guess as a founder, um, I'd like to think I was someone who was a bit of a risk taker. who tried to do something that was um, bringing a unique product to the space um, that was looking to create a, a new aesthetic in the space and um, yeah and managed to to get some cut through and achieve that so that was for me that's, um, I guess from a brand perspective that you know that 's where I wanted to be I guess from a, on a personal level i 'm a sorry fairly happy go lucky type character um, I enjoy life, I like getting out there and enjoying myself and working hard as well
2: amazing. I mean, in terms of like your first introduction into the beauty world, um, was there like an aha moment or a moment where you're like, I could see myself building a beauty brand?
3: No, I, you know, I'll be absolutely honest with you. So I think I sort of fell into it a little bit by default. Um, I've been reading a lot of articles in the, in the news around breakouts and acne and how young kids have been given these fairly aggressive medications, which can, be, can be, do awful things to the body. And I just sort of reflected back to when I was a kid and I used to have spots and breakouts and used to use things like Clearasil and it used to burn your face off. And I was like, why isn't there just a product out there that is super accessible, natural active ingredients that just get your skin as clean as possible. And I always remember that tea tree was my favorite thing when I was a kid if I had a spot, like a dab of tea it used to make so much difference. And that's where the idea came from. And um, it was... I never had a real ambition to be in the beauty space. And actually, when, when, I, when I was doing this, I, I thought, you know, at the time, I thought that this would be quite a nice sort of side hustle, you know, to, to, to the actual job. I never thought it would, be, would grow into what it, what it is. Um, but it all began when I, I, I had the idea around creating this, um, this bar of soap, this cleansing bar. And for me, because what was different in the market was that everyone was using... Um, Liquid cleansers. And I thought to me, what, and I thought, what would look really great on a shelf in Boots? And I had this idea behind this bar that looked super clinical in a pack that looked like it just come out of a lab and could actually really do something. And that's where the concept came from. And um, I, I ordered some ingredients online, um, some soap ingredients. I, I got a bacon kit from As, uh, sorry Argos. And um, I came home, watched some YouTube videos, and started making soap in the kitchen sink at home um, with charcoal everywhere and... Uh, I ruined this beautiful white resin sink that we had, which, was, which I was in a lot of trouble for. But at the end of it, what I meant to do was get some really nice samples of soap. And um, I shared with, with the guys that I was working with at the time, and they said, oh, you should explore this further. And so I got in touch with a manufacturer um, based up in, the, uh, in Scotland called Soapworks, and they make everybody's soap. They, it, was, it was founded by Anita Roddick, who founded a body shop. Um, as a social enterprise. And they, I asked them, I said, Look, I've got this idea, you know, I want to really want to reach a millennial audience. I think they were excited by it because, again, for, for, for the last 20, 30 years, people have moved on to liquid cleansers. And um, they said, We'd love to help you with it. So um, they helped me develop the commercial formulation for that. And I ordered 200 bars for £200. And I said to myself, I'll take this to Boots, and if Boots don't want it, I'll just leave it. Because For me, I never had the ambition to be an independent beauty seller. You know, I have a little stall or whatever or or start on a lower level. If Boots don't want it, then I'm not interested in doing it. And unfortunately for me, Boots had a category at the time called beauty finds. And um, they said, look, we we can give you 130 stores for um, 12 weeks and um, you've got to sell as much as possible um, to to show why you should have a permanent listing with us. And only one in 20 brands got out of this category. And we launched into... um, Beauty Finds in February 2018 uh, with, the, with our iconic cleansing bar. So it was a six-pound charcoal and tea tree oil cleansing bar that went in there. And um, the product started to sell. So we had a couple of months where the product was, was, was doing well. And then we noticed the magic really happened when um, the, the guys that were buying our product were sending us the images, these before and after transformations, to our Instagram channel. Now, I'm always 100% honest about this. I knew the product would get your skin as clean as possible, I knew that the tea oil would have a, a wonderful antiseptic healing effect on your skin. I did not for one second believe it could do what it does. Yeah. And the um, consistent use of the product can create these incredible transformations. And it was proven by the, these photos that were sent back to us. So fortunately, we had a friend of ours who was just doing some, um, some PR for us, and she um, managed to pitch it to the Daily Mail online. And um, a piece ran in the Daily Mail online with five or six of these case studies, and it just said, Miracle six pound cleansing transforms skin, and then the whole thing just exploded. And I was I was I used to work for Westfield. I was sat at sat at work in my Shopify, and the phone started going bing 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 bing, and it was just blew up. And boots sold three months worth of stock in three hours, and we sold you know three thousand dollars in a day, and that was it. It was it was this magic sort of movie moment which sort of happened, and uh, it was incredible. So that's how it all began, and uh, yeah, I didn't expect it, but it was wonderful.
2: That's amazing, and I love just going back a bit even to the fact that you yourself decided to do the initial like just testing formulas because that's a big part of it is just kind of experimenting with formulas and trying it but also having a clear vision of kind of distribution and business so I know you yourself have a a history in business and I think that's where the success has definitely come through because I think having that mindset of you know I'm going to go for the boots if I if we don't have those big orders Is this going to be viable? So, like, can you tell us a bit about your business, your experience in entrepreneurship? I know there was also, I, I, we mentioned before about Apprentice, and just before any of the brand came to be, what is your history?
3: Yeah, I mean, my background has predominantly been business development and sales. So, I guess, and yes, like, I was on the Apprentice in 2009, which was obviously, i incred- incredible experience. It was wonderful. It was frustrating. It was everything you can imagine it would be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, one of, the, one of the things that The Apprentice did actually do for me was give me that sort of, uh, that enthusiasm into, because you go and start like a business every, every other day in The Apprentice, you know, it's, yeah. it's like obscene. So that did give me that sort of insight and, and, and passion to it, particularly for, for being in London and, you know, working with people in London. Uh, but um, yeah, business, business development's always been sort of my background. And um, I think when, when looking to build a skincare brand, and if you're looking at retail in particular, um, I you know, an ideal background in terms of making those approaches to retailers and knowing the best way to do that and, um, you know, how to present yourself doing that. And um, so I guess the one thing that I've, I haven't, I'd say one thing I haven't really found difficult in this business is getting the distribution because we know how to make those approaches. We know how to do that because that's, that's, that's what I do. I think that's, that's one of the things some people find challenging with, whereas I'm, I'm probably the other way. Whereas uh, when we're looking at new formulations and things like that, you know, I'm always quite, you know, i find that harder than actually yeah. doing the business type work on it but you know that's why we have great people in our team who can help us with that
2: exactly i i'm the same with my sister she's the creation of the formulas and the product and the creative director i'm like the business ceo i i'll open the retail doors and sell it and yeah i'm have glad to you
3: said this Aikash. i'm glad you said <laughs> this because i think there's a there's a perception in this industry that you know every founder should You're be an absolute everything. No. Skincare expert and a chemist yeah. and know everything about what you do, and It's like, you know, the, the reality is it's not like that. No. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm not even, you know, I don't make any bones about it. Man. I'm, a, I'm a 40-year-old bloke from the northeast of England, you know, traditionally not massively passionate about skincare, But yeah. what I am passionate about is business, branding, and great products. And I think that's, yeah. that, you know, that's what carbon theory is. And, you know, as long as I can do my part, we have the greatest chemists, the greatest labs, and the guys that we work with. We look at the trends in the market. We look what's working. I have a, in my team, we have the most wonderful um, millennials who know the ingredients that are trending, who know what people want to see, and they know the products. So that's how we work together as a team to make that happen. So I'm really glad you said that, because, you know, a lot of times I speak to people and it's this assumption that everyone, you know, every founder should be there. Needs to be. You know, yeah.
2: Exactly, no. exactly. And, and also, like, I, I'm, you have to be just authentically you, and there's enough of... Founders who obviously love and breathe the products and that's great, but, um, you can also have just as much success and an authenticity because you can also start to love and learn the industry through the business. Of course. I think we're very similar in that way. I mean, I'm, I'm a four year engineer by, I'm, I'm a mathematician. Um, I'm a coder. So for me, tell me about shampoos and conditioners. When I was you know, seven years ago, that wasn't of course, injury, yeah, Of course. Um, and I didn't know much about hair. Now I'm speaking on education courses before where I talking about the anagen phase of a hair cycle, but I'm still speaking with passion because it's a newly found passion that I didn't know existed and I fell in love with it. But my entry point was the business, right? And it was when yep. I started to see the brand performing and exactly like you said, like people, A, buying it, but B, saying, well, this has really changed my hair for you, the skin. You then start really wanting to learn more and learning to love the industry in general, because you do see the change hand in hand into people's lives. And it's often hard when it's, when you do have that business hat on, you know, you have to think numbers, but it's, that's the beauty of it too, is we get to experience the humanity of it as well. So I think that's probably changed your perception a bit into um, the beauty industry. Um, So in terms of like now with carbon theory, from going from a soap to then oh, oh, a bar to then basically yep. uh, creating an incredible array of MPD. How did that come to be? And also, before I forget, how did the name carbon theory come to be? <laughs> yeah.
3: All right, well that's an interesting one. So, um, so carbon theory is and Naturally, it the um, it was the concept of charcoal, which is carbon, um, and carbon. We're all made of carbon, which is everything. And there was a theory of you know that this particular charcoal ingredient can do wonderful things. That's where the name carbon theory came about. The um, the interesting story about that is is that when I looked for the domain name of Carbontheory.com, this was actually owned by um, a heavy metal rock band in America called Carbon Theory, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I made an approach to them on Facebook and I um, saw that they hadn't been particularly active over the past six months and I said, guys, I said, look, I'm trying to set this business up and I'd really love to buy your domain name. I said I've got a, enough money to buy you a few beers and send you some, you know, and send you a few bars of soap. Can I buy this domain name? And they came back and said, oh, how many bars of soap are we talking? <laughs> so I managed to buy this domain name for like $150 and 10 bars of soap. And they, they, did, they did ask for the soap as well. Yeah. So, uh, so that's where the name came from. But I guess from, the, um, from an MPD level, I think naturally the, the, the natural progression from the cleansing bar was to have a great moisturizer. Um, and again, what we wanted to do with that was just double down on the, on, on the tea tree, which is, became our sort of a lead ingredient with um, vitamin E in there to sort of help regenerate the cells and, that's what, and then again we work we work with trends and work at our lab and we ask our customers what they want to see from us next so we'll run polls um you know tell us what you want to see. and you know we get all sorts of weird and wonderful ideas but that's what's helped us to create our line and um we have a particular product which is a, an overnight serum with um, it's charcoal with encapsulated cranberry in it and this 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 concept again was one of the ideas that came from our former customers something that they could wear overnight as a intensive treatment when we pull that up it's our second best seller i think globally
2: it's really cool to see how um you can still build a brand but still have a hero skew like i i'm assuming the facial cleansing bar is still your number one
3: the thing the thing about that product is is it's it's six pounds in the uk it's it's ten dollars in the us yeah it lasts for about three months three to four months it's super accessible it lasts forever and you know the efficacy of that product is is unbelievably proven I think we have fifteen thousand like five star reviews across. I think across the whole range, but I think that product alone has seven or eight thousand five star reviews. Yeah. and a lot of them come with these before and after images. And it's the efficacy of that that product is so proven that it, you know it's it's always going to be that hero skew. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think it, I think aesthetic, exactly. And I think aesthetically, it looks unique. I think one of the things that astounded me about this when I got into it was that. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not being rude. It's the, millennials don't know what soap dishes are yeah, because they never use soap. And they, we get messages all the time saying, oh, where do you store, store the bar? Because it gets black on the sink. And it's like a soap dish costs like a quid in Tesco. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but it's like, but because they haven't used them. But, yeah. so what, but the great thing is about the, the, the pack is that it's resealable. Yeah, and you can pop, it, pop that back in there for travel or storage, whatever. So, but no, definitely, definitely very much our hero skew. Yeah. and an award winning
2: Aloua, and, and award-winning, it's award winning, which is yep. not an Alua easy award best to of win.
3: beauty award. Yep. Yeah, we've got the Alua best of beauty award, and it, you know, there's I, I guess there's not many products that are around those ten dollars that can say that, you know, and particularly for a bar of soap, you know. It's not complex, it's super simple, but it just does exactly what it's supposed to do.
2: I love that you mentioned the review part because I say to all my guests, one thing I do before I go on any of the podcasts and it's it's more to get... Uh, authentic, it's like my window into the consumers um, and the authentic feedback. So I always go on reviews um, when I yes. research the brand beforehand, um, especially the verified buyer reviews, because we all know we do sampling and this and that, but the verified yep, buyers, the people who really don't have any incentive but their own opinion. And you yep. guys have, like, I mean, that especially the cleansing bar, the amount of verified buyers, all five stars, I, I mean, I couldn't even find one four star, let alone one star. So it was just incredible. <laughs> um, and I was reading the comments and it's, it seems to be like, like all types of people finding this product uh, and people, yeah, I mean, absolutely. by definitely skin types, but also age. And so would you say your, your target audience is not really a target? It's just like for everyone.
3: So I guess, you know, I think in our heads, we always felt that this was sort of a millennial product. And it was, um, you know, our audience is going to be somewhere between sort of 16 and 25. But what we've actually found is, I think, with the research that we've done, our demographic sort of goes anywhere between sort of 17 and 55, yeah. and we found so many people um, with hormonal acne as they've got a little bit older. Um, people who are post, post-pregnancy, I think it's postpartum, it's called. Yeah. Um, they absolutely love the products. Strangely, I was at a friend's wedding um, a few months ago, and I was sat at the table, table with a lady, and she, I think she was she I think she was 37, it was, and. Um, we got taught and she said, oh, you know, what do you do? I said, oh, I've got a skincare brand. And she said, oh, what is it? I said, oh, it's carbon. And she said, stop it. Stop it. She said, I use your products. It's the only thing that works for us. And this was someone that was 37. And it like, you know, blew her mind that I was this sort of like 40-year-old bloke to. It was the guy behind the thing. And sometimes that's the reason why I keep my head down, Akash, yeah, because I'm not really the guy to be up, up front all the time. But, um, but, uh, you know, but you're right. It's, like it's across the board. And one of the things that's great for us is that a lot of parents buy our product for their teens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that can skew our data somewhat. But it's just, um, you know, I think to your point around the reviews, I think it's always, yes, it's wonderful to get good reviews. People take the time and they'll always tell you when you know, something is good or something's bad. But I think sometimes when you see these sort of open forums, like we had a piece in the Daily Mail that ran not so long ago, and usually within those comments at the bottom on the Daily Mail, it's like it's the worst place to be because people yeah. just go no, go scary. hell for leather on you. Yeah. And, um, and surprisingly, it was like, try this. It works. Try this. Yeah, it's good. Oh, it's good. It's good. Worth it. And I was like, you know something? We're doing something right here if that's working there. Yeah, absolutely. And, so. and
2: even that in-person moment of like, um, just like without realizing people like, they don't know who the founder is because that's why I want to do this, this, this podcast is often there are some brands, beauty brands or other brands that you know the founder first or the founder is very tied to it. Yeah. And others where um, the brand is definitely larger than the founder. But uh, it is nice to see that connection and that story of how it came to be, because you really I've fallen more in love with each brand that comes on my podcast because of the founder behind it and their story. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, you connect more, so uh, it's very cool to see how you know when you, you go to places and they'll be like, "Wait, you created that? Like that's my, my favorite bar." <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's amazing. That's so. Yeah. Amazing. But I, I do. People do find it bizarre. Yeah, I know. Even even for me, I mean, I've been. I was on a call this morning with um with a a client or someone, and basically of my agency, and they were talking about Ayurveda, and then they were like, oh, you know, there's this. um, I'm I'm investing in something, but I'm trying to find this is brand going bit. Everywhere, and it's by this boy and girl. Um, it's a hair care brand. Do you know it? And I'm like, I, I think I'm the founder of that brand. And they're like, What do you mean? And I'm like, I have an agency, but I also have Fable and Maine. And they're like, So and they just think, but they're like, But you're 12. I'm, like, I'm not 12, and that is my brand. So, so, literally, I have, uh, I've heard it all. So I, I love, um, yeah. kind of debunking things and making people be like, What that's crazy. Anything's possible, no matter what. And I love it. So,
3: absolutely, it's so 100%. exciting.
2: Um, but I, I do want to ask about um, you know both of us are, are brits and um, you know definitely we understand especially most of my listeners are actually in the, in the u.s so when we say stuff like boots and stuff um, they often be yeah. what's boots um, but you have an amazing presence in the u.s um, so what was a international expansion like for you and where are you currently for example is, is it walgreens Ulta like where are you currently in u.s
3: so um i guess you know it was always i think once we sort of got boots under our belt, it was always the dream for me that we get the product out to the U.S. Um, and we evaluated... Um, there was a couple of opportunities that we had. Um, some of the bigger guys in the initial. Um, but then Ulta came about. And um, Ulta just seemed to represent the perfect opportunity. It was it was a 1,200 store. Um, I mean, Ulta is the sort of greater beauty destination in the U.S. where people go to find beauty we are interested in beauty. And it's, um, we got the opportunity to enter a category which was called Sparked by um, Alder, which was for brands that had a sort of, I don't know, had some presence on social media and some great visibility in the media and PR. Yep, so we, we launched into Alder. And Alder's been an incredible account for us, super, super successful. Uh, we've been in Alder now for two, um, two years, I think, um, which has been great. So we've been in there, yeah, two years. Um, we've got new products going into Alder. We've got a great relationship with those guys. Um, and then last year, we had the opportunity to go into Walgreens, which was um, 3,000 stores. So that was, uh, yeah, I mean, the, num- the numbers are just mad. And that comes with its own problems um, yeah. to, to get that off the ground. I mean, it's just logistically, it's huge. Financially, to get that level of stock and get it in there is huge. And to support the partnership, it's huge. Um, it's, you know, and it's funny, when I was, I was thinking about it earlier. And I, I was thinking about how when we were first going into the US and you know, you don't ever have that, that, that perception of the issues you'll face in terms of you need a particular type of insurance or you need a U.S. bank account or you need a U.S. entity. Then you've got to be aware of the tax rules in each state. And, and thank God I've got good people who know how to do this because, you know, outside of that, you know, it's a, it's a nightmare. So it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, working in the U.S. is incredibly exciting. I'm actually going out there on, um, on Monday, so I'm doing some... Press and PR out there, we, you know, we're doing some desk sides or some media publications to get some more brand awareness for the, out there, so uh, that'll be super exciting. But uh, I love being out there, and um, you know, the U.S. is a great market for us, and I just really hope um, that for, for this year in particular, we can really invest in that market and really start to grow our visibility out there. Because whilst you know, everyone's got the dream of being out in America and, and, um, and having the product on shelf out there, we, we, we've done that, and the product's selling, you know, the product's selling incredibly well if you want to really explore it out there, it costs a lot of money to do so. Visibility costs a lot of money. So uh, that's our focus this year. And uh, we want to invest heavily in that and really um, blow the brand up in, in the US.
2: But, you know, you, you touched on something as well, which is um, to add to the fact that obviously growing in the USA, um, building in the USA, even if you are based there, but definitely if you're from an international um, market, uh, it is a lot of regulations, really tricky with demand and, I would also say spotty demand. It can be like crazy months of like crazy sell through, and then other months where it's a bit more normal. So yep. it is hard to deal with that. But then you add the level of the last two years where you said you launched, which was also the pandemic. That doesn't yep. help at all yes. with no, no, um, no, no, so many no. things. So I would love to know a bit like about um, is is first is all your kind of production in the UK. So is that yes. your main? Yeah, yeah. So how has that been from a logistical uh, in you know especially with the all of your um, raw materials? Like, has it been a bit of a nightmare or has it been managed?
3: Do you know something? We were very, very fortunate at the beginning of the pandemic, the first first lockdown, where we just had a really big um, stock drop, um, literally just before. So we had, everything came in just in time. And naturally when I think, um, you know, everyone was like sort of locked up in the house, whilst Boots was still open because it was a pharmacy, obviously the footfalls not there because people just can't go shopping in Boots. I think even at the time Boots took our... our, um, products offline because they were only allowed to focus on. No, but I had, like the I had the same thing.
2: I had we, we just launched in Boots. That was like a launch moment, <laughs> yeah, and they yeah, were like, right. and I said to them, "Why are we out of stock?" And they didn't even tell me. They're like, "Oh, we took it offline." I said, "But then why did you do a homepage banner which I paid for?" Oh, um, yeah, we uh, forgot. Right, yeah, yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, but it, it was true. There was only servicing right now. Absolutely they were servicing the, the essentials.
3: Exactly. So the um, So yeah, there's things that. So basically, we obviously lost predominantly. You know, our trade from Boots that was sort of gone. Yeah. Um, obviously, all got hit really hard. Um, fortunately for us, the way things went with, um, with online and D2 c, people just started going wild didn't they? They just, mm. just, You know it was, it was insane, I and mean, we like quadrupled overnight our D2C proposition. Yeah. So what we lost in the booth we more than made up for on D2c, which was, which was incredible and it was just this incredible you know, intent by people just to sit in the house and buy stuff. I mean I know like myself, I was buying. I bought some olives. On, I was like, olives.com. I was buying olives because I was like, oh, well, I'm bored. Let's just buy something. And, um, and, you know, when people were just in this, in this buying phase, in we were just in a good spot. We had some really good um, creative going advertising-wise. We had the stock, so we did, we did very, very well out of it. I guess the frustrating thing um, sort of pandemic-wise is there certain markets, in particular Australia was one where we launched with um, Priceline in Australia, which is um, Priceline's, we had 450 stores out there. It's effectively the boots of Australia, and we launched in a price line and um, we couldn't stop selling the cleansing bar. We were air freighting bars out to, they, they were asking, they, they, they paid for the air, they, it was the first time they'd ever done it Oh, so they paid? paid for oh, that's the air amazing. freight. They paid for the air freight to get the bars out there. And we just couldn't stop selling these bars in Australia. And then the pandemic hit and they closed all of the stores. Oh. And I wish I could say that the momentum was still there that it was pre-pandemic. And it's, you know, that's the challenge that we've got now is where yeah. we had this incredible momentum going in there. Yeah. And to get back to that, it's going to be an expensive you know, to thing do. to do because you know people, people moved on, people just sort of forgot you were there for the time being. Yeah. So it's like you've got to remind them that you've got this great product out there. And
2: I think you hit a nail on the head of something about expensive. People forget, like, sales are great, but even when you have demand, it's expensive to fulfill that and to maintain that and to like then set that as a new precedent to then grow on that. Um, yeah. But also fast forward now where... We're seeing left, right and center, a lot of beauty brands coming to market, right? Uh, You're getting some retailer fatigue or oversaturation. You're getting similar types of products that weren't there before. But then if they're quickly investing in the right influencers or right this, they're the ones getting viral of that moment. Um, Even if you got viral two years ago, they're the ones taking those sales. So it's hard to stay all the channel levers to keep them kind of you know, heavily invested in. So for you with carbon theory, have you felt like there are certain of those pillars that you are like honing in on to like make it a bit more where your money is, I guess, working more effectively? Would it be digital, social? Hiring for your small business? If
1: you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.
3: Yeah, I guess, you know, for us, I think we've always been sort of a, a digital first, you know, in terms of our, you know, social piece that we, you know, that we do. I think um, we've, we haven't been a brand that invested in, you know, for the first three years, we, we didn't work with influencers. Mm-hmm. We, um, we let the product do its talk in itself. We always felt that we'd sort of be, be betraying ourselves a little bit to, um, you know, to, to, you know, let's be honest, but, you know, people pay these influencers, yeah, you know, they exactly. pay influencers to do the content. That's the reality of it. And the guys are more than happy to say that your product's wonderful if you're paying them. You know, of course they are. Yeah. We didn't want to be that brand. We wanted the product to work on its own merits, and people to say it's good because it's good. What we've come to realize is if we're not working with influencers right now, then we're in a difficult spot because, yeah. you know, it's like, to your point, I get sick of opening Instagram every day. There's a new yeah, brand. That, you know, a brand that, or, yeah, it's an yeah. ad, and it looks similar to Carbon Theory, or the talk's the same way that we do, or it's the same creative as we've got. You know, I get bored to death of it, and it's... Um, and to your point is, you know, if these brands have come to market and they've got a few quid behind them, they're going to they achieve amazing things. Yeah. Um, so the reality is, I think, we're in, a, we're in a world now where influencers are sort of like a necessary evil in reality. Yeah. It's, um, you've got to have, and they give you that visibility. So it's something we've started to do, not on a very heavyweight level because we've never been a very cash-rich brand, but it's, um, uh, you know, we do enough to get some visibility.
2: And I think the good thing as well is, is, Because you have got that historic track record of proven, forget sales, but proven positive Feedback. Yeah. I think that also allows you to feel a little bit more comfortable when working with influencers because yes, it's a paid ad, and you know, think of it as a media f- platform. But at the same time, you'll be confident sending it that they will enjoy it because you know, generally, this is a, a product that
3: exactly. And, and, and again, to your point, if they want to go and look at our trust pilot or reviews, whatever, it's there. It. You know, it's yeah. all there. So and and
2: there. I think, ho- I mean, I'm fully aligned with you. I think hopefully that's where working with the right influencers, they'll also now sometimes say no to you and they'll be like, no, I don't like the product. So I think that's also a good thing too because having a product that works can at least now get you guaranteed yeah. with, the right, the, the, with the right and the good ones. You know, There are people obviously who just want the paycheck call, call it a day, thank you, say what I need to say. Um, <laughs> those are the ones you don't want to work with, um, yeah. but they're hard to find and suss out. But when you do, it's good to then make ambassadorships and long-term partnerships with the right ones because they can actually really perform for the brand. Um, and I think with Fable, we've seen a lot, like especially TikTok, which I would love to talk about in a bit, but like TikTok has been a a very enlightening platform for us and a very like profitable channel from business, which I had came in with a very like, not negative attitude, but very like, "Mm, everyone's doing it. Do we need to do it? Is it even making sense for the brand? Will we lose our integrity? Will we get the right education? But I was shocked. Like I actually, TikTok has done wonders for us and actually educated a lot of consumers. So for you, what has your experience been with like TikTok?
3: I'm all about the TikToks mate and the uh all this all the dancing um, all the dancing you know <laughs> all the dancing Do you know something it it, it sounds i always have this saying that when when the guys in the office they'll tell me about something, the trend that's going on TikTok and, and like, you're like what you and then they'll be kids. like we what have to like? do it
2: and you'll be like no exactly
3: we can't <laughs> i mean it's it's i mean it's 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 wild that that place i mean, Look, it's i think um you know we've uh, I, so TikTok for us i think one of the interesting things about TikTok particularly for us now is that one of the things we've always been challenged with in terms of for digital creative for um, Instagram and Facebook is that we're not allowed to use our before and after images in our advertisements. Mm. Those are banned because you've obviously got a load of unscrupulous businesses who don't have real ones or they'll Google someone else's and just use those before and after images. So yeah, And so you, know, you can see can see Facebook's argument for it. Yeah. But I guess if, we, if you can verify it as a business, then you should be allowed to use those. But we've never been allowed to use those across there. Um, for whatever reason we always get banned from doing it but I see, I do see other businesses get away with it for whatever reason um, but TikTok um, you can do it on TikTok so we've got, we've got a sponsored post room on TikTok which one of our customers is on there talking about this incredible experience that she had in the background it's got a picture of her when she was suffering from quite aggressive breakout and so something like that is, in, is incredible cut through for us yeah. um, so that will give us great visibility so I'll be honest with you I'm not very familiar with TikTok it's not really my world yeah but um, I know that the guys love it now, and it's uh, at the office. But we, we see the um, – I can see why a lot of brands are maybe diverting some spend from, the, you know, tr- traditionally from Instagram and Facebook into that because um, I think, you know, if I'm not, you know, Facebook's incredibly expensive now. I think particularly in our space in, in skincare, it's cost f- four times more to acquire a customer than it did about 12 months ago. Yeah. It's, like, insane. It's insane. Definitely. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly challenging, and it's, you know, you have to hit that magic bullet on creative. And we were very fortunate recently where we did a, we've got a great product which is, um, it's a zinc based spot paste, which is um, perfect for just dabbing on, you know, individual spots So, getting away from all these naughty plastic little patches that people use. Um, uh-huh. And we've, you know, this product's made. So what we did was we, we did this incredible sort of HD, super tight, just beautiful creative in it. And, and it, it's done wonders for it. It's like, the product's like selling 300, 400% more on, on your grow monthly. Um, just based off this one creative. It's, it's amazing what makes people sort of want to click the button and go through it. Um...
2: Uh, so in terms of like then the future of carbon theory for you, apart from, you know, we spoke about international expansion and, you know, just again, yep. hitting more people, that's, a, that's, a, that's a for sure. But in terms of kind of MPDs first, um, do yep. you, are you kind of like less is more type portfolio or just we create as we need to create?
3: Do you know something? I think when I first got into this industry, my sort of ambition, I guess, was to have 10 just really great products that do their job, and that's it. The more you speak to people, every, you know, and particularly retailers, they'll just tell you that um, newness is everything. Yeah, they'll
2: be like, what are you doing?
3: What, where, yeah, <laughs> yeah, what are we, what we getting from you, what are we getting from you. So we've sort of been forced into it, if anything. But I think um, what, what we've been predominantly known for is being that sort of charcoal and tea tree oil um, product base that's specifically for acne and breakouts. So we've just introduced a new line, which we've got, um, which is super lightweight, non-centred, um, range of everyday skincare maintenance products. Um, so that, that started with um, an SPF, an SPF 50, which we launched, which uh, w- won the um, best facial SPF in Cosmopolitan in 2020, which is super, super exciting. It's super lightweight, and the feedback's been absolutely phenomenal. And as we all know, we should all be wearing SPF daily and not just uh, when we're at the beach. Um, and then we have an uh, incredible hemp uh, and vitamin E oil biphase cleansing water, and we have um, a salicylic um, acid cleansing wash, and we've got the white bar coming soon, which is super exciting. Ooh. So, um, yeah, so we should see that in the next few months. So, so what we're doing is we wanted to um, vary our, our lines um, sort of, I think from, a, from a, a charcoal level, I think we've just about completed that. There might be one or two things in the pipeline that we're just going to bring, which shows a little bit of innovation in the space. But what we've created there for me is a classic line, you know, for breakout and acne-prone skin, which is there. We've got our skincare maintenance line that we're doing there. We're also exploring... Um, The technology space as well, we're looking at some blue light technology um, uh, products. So um, that's interesting. So we should have some really, really great uh, NPD through this year. And I guess from beyond that, beyond NPD and uh, sort of expansion, I guess, we've got 8,000 stores now across the globe. And at the moment, I just really couldn't deal with any more. So so what we want to really do is make those stores work uh, because that's, that's really the focus for us. We want our retailers to be super, super happy with us. And then we'll worry. It's amazing everyone's going, oh, you're not doing anything in Europe right I'm like, oh my, I, I, I can't deal with the ones I've got. Never mind Europe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we really focus on you know, building our team out. I mean, there's still only eight of us. Like, our team wow. there's eight what? of us. In, yeah, there's, yeah no exactly. There's eight, there's eight of us in our team, 8,000 stores. It's, it's bizarre. Like, yeah. it's, um, but, you know, I've always found if you've got really, really great people um, yeah. who uh, uh, just, you know, get their down, work super, super hard, you can achieve a lot. But um, yeah, we, we want to build up, we need to build our team out and expand on the yeah. team and then we can focus on new opportunities.
2: I think that's a great. I mean, I think a, it's the epitome of, you know, you don't need to have teams of, look, look at Glossier recently, they just laid off 80 people. Like there's, there's, there's yeah. growing Madness. the right way, there's growing quickly. And I think like there's, you have to take the right, the time. And I think as you can definitely do a lot with a small agile team and, just kind of having that mindset of like only hiring the essential and when you need to, um, is the best mindset because it can get very carried away. You see the, the the peers coming in and the money, and then you're like, oh, I can now hire two more people. It's like, yeah, but I think
3: yeah, and I think it's it's a, it's a bit of an ego thing as well. I think yeah, for a lot of is. people where oh, I've got I've got a team a of actually. You know? so,
2: well, we'll yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like you know, it's um, you know, I, I think. You know, one of the interesting things about carbon theory is that everyone works now. a business has never worked in skincare before or retail. That's amazing. So I effectively picked people uh, that I've I sort of known through the years who are just really great all-rounders, just on a sort of just, on a, just an analytical and business level. Yeah. And um, you tend to find that once you get people out, they never get, to, you know, they, they haven't already been settled into a role, which just then they can't say, oh, well, that's outside my remit. I don't really understand. You know, it's not really, I'm not doing that. Uh, people are just excited to be there and sort of do things. So I think, I think that's an interesting thing about finding really great people that are all-rounders as opposed to someone that spe- does something specific, you know. Uh,
2: that's exactly how, how I hire, actually. I don't really look at the CV too much. I look at, like, what they've done, but not relevant so much because I, I have... And probably you've done the same. You look at yourself as a a person, as an entrepreneur, and you're like, well, I wasn't meant to be in this, and look, I'm succeeding. Uh, People can also succeed in not the typical status quo, but they just need to be hardworking, have an open mind, all the usual stuff but it doesn't need to have five years, L'Oreal, Estée L'Oreal exactly. experience. Exactly, No, uh, exactly. and also they actually can be... Tr- I've worked in the corporate world for many years uh, in those companies, and they can actually be more damaging sometimes to hire these people. So <laughs> you have to like, be careful the right people for your, for your company, because your company is built with a different ethos to the other ones, you know, and you have Absolutely. to have the right fitting. It's very important. So now I'm very excited to see where the carbon theory universe grows. And I, I definitely think with MPD, you, you touched on the point that, you know, we do have sometimes retailer push and market and you know definitely a new launch just some new revenue in but I think the great thing what you've done you can see again by all your products is they're still serving a purpose yeah. and a reason and I think that's the most important so yes it's good to grow and make new products and you can even surprise yourself you might be like oh we launched this product and again the consumers like this even more than the one we launched two years ago like you know it, it, you, you might need to do innovation but I because I've had a lot of people kind of say less is more just do a few products and just don't have so many products in a portfolio. But I think it's just the right products in the portfolio. Not, just forget about the numbers. That,
3: that's it. And I, you know, something I think if we had the, you know, we personally, if we had the luxury of being like that, that's where we'd be. It's like yeah. again, I think it's this, this retail pressure that comes from it. That yeah, for sure. You know, new, newness is everything. That's all we keep hearing. Newness is everything. So it's a, yeah, yeah. It's but, a balancing um, game,
2: but yeah, but exactly, exactly. Um, and then. So, so now, kind of going to uh, before we go to like the fire on and like wrap it up, I do want to like talk a bit about you, Philip, out of carbon theory. Yep. So you know, you know, the the pandemic has definitely shaped certain mindsets and routines, um, and would love to know as a, an entrepreneur as. Philip, out of the entrepreneurship world, what are your like routines for success? Do you have like? Are you one of those morning matcher? Wake up at six? Uh, are you, <laughs> who are you in your day? Do you know something? If I I, I could lie
3: very very easily, yeah. Do I, not
2: lie. I, I I will I will I will know. Yeah yeah yeah.
3: No no no. I do, do you know something? I do. Um, when the weather, you know when the weather's nice, I, I get up. I do go for a run in the morning. Nice. Um, that, that was my and one of the things of the pandemic. It actually helped. I did start another business during the pandemic. Oh. Interestingly. Which, um, which predominantly came from that process of getting up and running. Because we had this, I don't know if you recall, I think it was the first lockdown where this, we had this incredible weather. Yeah. And um, I was going up running every day and just, you know, really, really enjoying it. And uh, I, I, when I go running, I wear these, um, compression, tops, these oh, the, oh, compression, compression tops, these nice compression tops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now the thing about these compression tops is they, they, they wick sweat from the body, mm. um, but they don't let it out very well. And where, even when you wash them, they still have that stale, sweaty, mal odor smell to them. And, um, and through that, I came up with this, I, I, this concept of finding a new detergent that could eradicate this particular smell. But beyond that, create a detergent which was actually cool. So it wasn't something that you would just see in a supermarket. It was actually, you know, it was an athletic product. It was an add-on to an athletic product. So, um, so I created this new concept. It's gymspin.com if you get a second to take a look. So that's a new thing yeah. that we've been working on. It we just launched this a few months ago. It's going very, very well. But that was another thing. Boy,
2: this is so cool.
3: Yeah, there you insane. go. So it, and and this, this product is insane. And, it's a, and again, it was like, how do you make a detergent look cool? And um, I think I, you know, I'd like to say, I think, I think we've done that. So we've, we've, we've launched this. We've got the most incredible conversations going on with all the athletic brands. And... Um, Yeah, we're super, super excited
2: by that one. Wait, wait, tell us. Okay, no, that's not a little something. That's really exciting. And I'll put the links in the summary so everyone can go check it out. But um, this is really cool. So this is basically, um, would you say you would put this detergent in only when you have your gym gear? Completely. It's for
3: active wear only. Only for active wear. So, um, you know, it, and it's got a special enzymatic complex, which doesn't just mask the smell, what a lot of the off-the-shelf oh. detergents do. This eradicates the oils and dirt and odor in that are in, in your active wear. And the unique um, fragrance is thyme, the herb, the thyme that's in it. Oh, yeah. So it's not for, you know, people, when they initially smell it, they go, oh, it's really weird. But once you get used to it, it, it feels athletic, it smells athletic. And this, you'll feel more comfortable wearing this, your shirt, because you smell, you know, incredible but also you know that you're not going to stink. And um, we, when we've done a lot, some research behind this, the amount of people that are in gyms super self-conscious about, it smells, you know, when they would just use a regular detergent, it smells clean initially, but when they actually get into it, then it starts to really stink. Um, so we we've, we've hope we've, we've solved this problem. So, uh, yeah, we've just launched this one. So that's um, super, oh, super exciting. Super,
2: oh, I'll, I'll be definitely grabbing Yeah, it I'll like get you a sample and... out, don't oh, worry. No, no. oh, no, no. I'll like also support, but it looks really cool. I mean, I feel... This is a, a new space. I've never actually thought about this, but as someone, I do a lot of like, um, uh, I, I'm one of those people who does a lot of sport but doesn't look like they do a lot of sport but um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm always in my like the Barry's and the gym equinox and stuff so I, I wear gym gear actually underneath my, my jumpers to work because I just want might go to a, a spin class after yeah, yeah. I think I need to have a dedicated wash just for my gym gear and this is actually well this is the a thing, thing.
3: because uh, yeah I mean the people that we ask I, mean, I never put my active wear in with my regular clothes because yeah. I'm almost conscious oh it's like Yeah, I don't want to put more exactly, yeah exactly so this is, this is what the product's for and it's Especially Sue,
2: because if most people like, I wash my my, my gym gear like once a week, so I, I do like to like accrue it. But obviously, what happens is like you've been in a really sweaty session on a Monday, but by Friday, your wash day, it's probably even more stinkier. Um, exactly. So you definitely need something specific. So this is actually a huge, uh, I think, untapped area. So I'm very excited to yeah. see where this will, will how this will pan out, and if you will you go more D to C with this or will it be more? So this like, is, yeah. this is
3: exclusively D to C. Amazing. So it's exclusively D to C at the moment. So we offer like a one-time purchase yeah, yeah. and a subscription or, you know, on a monthly basis. So, um, Fantastic.
2: Yeah. oh, very exciting. Well, I love that that came also from the pandemic and I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to see these like uh, purposeful meaning brands that come from your own needs. Uh, I love it. Exactly. Very cool. Exactly. Nice. We appreciate that. Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. So, so um, before I go to Fire Run, I, I, we asked everyone, it's a bit, it's, I think it's still relevant because travel is still a bit uh, tricky. But imagine, um, you know, security is being really tough at Heathrow Terminal 5 and they're saying, Philip, you can travel, but you can only bring one carbon theory product with you. What is that go to for you carbon yeah. theory product?
3: Oh, well, it's got to be the cleansing bar, of course. Yeah. It's got to be the cleanser. Well, the thing about the cleansing bar is, uh, so whilst whilst it's, you know, we say it's a facial cleansing bar, you can also use it on your body if you want to. We do have a specific body bar, which has got an exfoliant in it as well. Yeah. But we put put that one. But also as well, when when I've always been, uh, if I have traveled, sometimes um, if I've been short of shaving foam, I just use the foam from the cleansing bar to shave with as well. Wait, that's because, a Because, you know, it's going to be a super clean sh- Yeah. So it's a great tea tree oil shave uh, as well. So
2: Very cool. You know, it's a bit
3: of an all-rounder. So that would definitely be the product.
2: Love it. I love it. I, I had a question as well because I don't know if that, this is me being silly. Is N1 like a postcode? No, why the N1? <laughs>
3: Yep, so I'm sat here right now, so it's Islington, Islington N1. So that I was my first, okay, cool. made, made the bar in the sink, yeah, yeah, N1, yeah.
2: Oh, that's, oh, that's super cool, <laughs> I love it. And I love the little touch of pink. Uh, beautiful packaging, mm-hmm. definitely reminds me of like, spaceship. You know the food, you know the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the yeah, things yeah, yeah, you have, yeah, yeah. like the, the dried food and stuff. Like, you can see this transfer to Mars, it's amazing. Absolutely. So, very cool. Um, so we're going to go to some fire round questions. So this is like, first yeah. thing that comes to your mind. Um, the first question is, what is another beauty brand that you're currently loving?
3: Um, another beauty brand that I'm currently loving, um, I really like the French um, male grooming brand Horace. Yes, yes. I you familiar with those guys. Yeah, I, do, yeah. Um, I was. yeah. Um, I, I always use their hair wax, but recently I was in Paris and they just opened um, a pop-up store there. Oh. Um, and they, i got this thing, really great um, serum. I can't remember what's in it again, but i got a really great serum from them. And some beautiful bars of soap as well. So I like Horace. Yeah. Um, I'm always a fan of the Inkey guys. I think what those guys do is um, just incredible. I think, um, you know, their ability the to... Uh, can, uh, the, yeah, yeah the, the MPD that they do is just phenomenal. It's just always popping up and coming out. But that caffeine eye cream I've always been a fan of. It's a great product. Um, but yeah, I guess at the moment, I think uh, Horace is the one that I would sort of point nice. towards. Uh,
2: what's a guilty pleasure of yours?
3: A guilty pleasure i like nothing more than going to a really old pub and drinking pints of beer Love it. <laughs> what are you currently watching or reading what am i watching at the moment um succession of you know two, oh, it's amazing, just completed. amazing. And like best thing ever so oh, um, i nice huge huge succession fan um reading i'm not much i'm not much of a reader um I, i'll give you but one of the Big uh, inspirations for me, which I did read, was um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, uh, the founder of yep. Nike, yep. Um, yep. which I just think is the most amazing, amazing memoir. And um, that drove me into a, a state of buying vintage Nike shoes for wow. um, the last couple of years. So I started collecting these really old 70s Nike shoes, which has been wild. So. Didn't,
2: Nike, didn't Nike say something about your product at some point? Is that.? Is there go no, to,
3: we've worked with Nike. We've worked, we worked with, with Nike. Nike. So we've done it. Yeah, we've done a series of um, events with Nike. So we were putting That's together cool. post-work. Post, training events, post yeah yeah training events where we're doing the post cleansing packs and things like that so um That's yeah, they're, cool. beard, they're, they're great guys we love working with those
2: guys and, and speaking of succession I'm a huge fan Estelle I, I'm showing you on video Estelle from my um, Fable in Maine she gave me for my birthday a waist star Royco jumper I don't know if you can see <laughs> wonderful I was incredible. like incredible I loved it I was also like is this appropriate to wear around I don't know because of the characters but I, I love it I well, love that show yeah it's
3: brilliant well interesting I, I'm sure you're familiar with um, Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos scandal in the US. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So I was a big fan of her, so Bad Blood, the book, and, and, yeah. and everything that came along yeah. with that. Now, I recently managed to purchase some of the equipment from the lab Oh. That was the actual Therados lab. And I was just like, I was like why are
2: you buying it? I was, <laughs> I'm just fascinated by it. it, it, it's, it but... No, it's a fascinating story. We didn't do anything. So it's okay to be fascinated by it. Exactly. Um, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that was fascinating stuff uh, from founder to founder. I thought I'd just buy yeah. some of the stuff from it. Yeah. There we go. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so what is your favorite social media platform right now? Um,
3: I am predominantly an Instagram man, but I have sort of um, been falling back onto Facebook quite a bit lately. And I think it's, you know, I think Instagram, it's all, what you tend to find now is Instagram's become a platform to showcase TikTok. Yeah. People posting TikToks content. on Instagram now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, what I like about Facebook now is it's just, it's just an escape now. It's like you yeah. go back to see what just, you know, what, you know, regular people do. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, nice it's to just see your, what your friends. Your, friend,
2: I mean, that's the your me, friends yeah.
3: and family. It's like, nice yeah. see what your friends and family do as opposed to, you know, Morons, you know, doing stuff. So yeah. it's like, um, yeah. It, you need that you know, It's nice to get away from it now and again. 100%.
2: 100%. Exactly. Um, do you have like a favorite quote or like a mantra that you can remember that you go by?
3: Um, I always say if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I always remind myself that if I'm having a really bad day mm. and, and things aren't going right and everything's a challenge and you got to say, if it was easy everybody would do and it's true isn't it because so you know the reason yeah. why you know I, I i count myself very fortunate because i get to get up on a morning mm. i get to you know go to a job that i love and work with people that i love working with and we have a great time while we're working and that's that's that because i've done some really crap jobs in my time you know it's like i was a i was an you know i was a, an apprentice toolmaker an engineer for five years a manufacturing engineer for five years when i left school I know how hard it is to work 12-hour shifts in a factory. You know, I understand that. I understand what hard jobs are. So I feel very privileged that I get to do something that I enjoy, I love, and um, have the flexibility to travel and and do wonderful things. And... um, yeah. So, yeah, if it was easy, everybody would do it. It's always, it's always important it's to remind yourself important. of
2: that. I think you have to, yeah. And also, uh, we can get hard on ourselves a lot. So that Having that mindset or that reminder just gives you a bit less pressure on your back and be like, you know what, just exactly. relax, chill. It's all good. Be, be proud and tomorrow's a new day. Um, and my last question is, it's kind of, normally I say if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur, but for you, I think it's if you weren't a serial entrepreneur, what would you be doing right now? Oh, do you know
3: something? I always... Um, Prior to being involved with this, I always dreamt of working in sports. I always wanted to be in um, commercial. For, I always wanted to work in like sponsorship for, like, the NFL or for the Premier League or something like that, um, but more, you know... I think the more time goes on, I just want to be on a beach somewhere. I just want to be on a beach, retired, just relaxing. I've had enough.
2: You know what? Especially (laughs) if the pandemic has proven anything, I feel you. And, you know, I'm hoping with agile working and right delegation, you could do it sooner than you think and still have your companies. So who knows? Fingers crossed. Um, Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Philip. Um, And I know our audience are going to love trying your products so where can everyone find carbon theory and also yourself on socials um so they can follow your journey
3: yep you, um, you can find me on instagram um at soap dog taylor or <laughs> yep. can, of course at carbon theory um and you can find our products in boots in the uk um super drug which just launched in as well we also have asos uh, and beauty beer Oh, and in the US, Alta and Walgreens. There
2: you go. And also, if you want to follow Jim Spin UK on Instagram for his new company, Jim Spin UK. Yeah, that's this one is yeah, also yeah. very exciting, and I think it's going to make a lot of movement. So, Philip, Thank it's you. been a pleasure. We'll catch up soon in person. You know we're just across um, the town, so look forward to it. We look forward to it, and we'll speak to each other very soon. Take care. Man. Thanks very much, man.